Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. The Battle Hymn of the Republic, one of my favorites. And again, I mentioned this earlier this week when we were talking about the movie Sounds of Freedom to look up the lyrics to this Battle Hymn of the Republic. They're incredible. And it's almost always associated, of course, with the 4th of July. But how many of us actually stop to think about the words in this song? If you really listen to them very closely, the Blessed Mother is even mentioned here. Let the hero born of woman crush the serpent with his heel since God is marching on. And then, of course, the last verse, the last part of the song, in the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. And he died to make men holy. Let us die to make men free while God is marching on. We need to remember this, and we need to never let this go and never let them the culture, the left, those who are trying to knock us down continually and put us in a corner and tell us to be quiet, to never forget this, to never, ever forget it, and to stand up for freedom, for life, for truth, right? The right to life being the number one that is mentioned. Beautiful story on the National Catholic Register, July 4th history, Catholic patriots were unsung heroes in the American Revolution. No doubt members of the church made their mark as our nation began. Did you know that many Catholic patriots not only took part in the American Revolution, but distinguished themselves in fighting for independence, even gaining the admiration of George Washington? Heroes such as John Barry, Stephen Moylan, Mary Waters, and Thomas Fitzsimmons should be better known. The article goes on to say that Commodore Barry stood tall in both physical height and accomplishments. He was six feet four and towered over most of the soldiers and sailors whose average height was about five feet eight inches. And he towered over his opponents during the Revolutionary War, and he would even earn the title the father of the American Navy. As a young man, the sea captain had immigrated from Ireland and found his new lifelong home in Philadelphia, a city known for brotherly love and religious freedom. On April 7, 1776, in Delaware Bay, weeks before the fateful July 4th, he engaged a British war vessel and brought it back to Philadelphia, the first warship captured by a commissioned Continental Naval officer. And then we go on to talk about Irish-born Philadelphians. Other Irish-born Philadelphia residents joining the American Revolution and earning reputations as illustrious patriots. One was Stephen Moyland, a successful city merchant. At the start of the Revolutionary War, he volunteered for Washington's army, rising quickly in the ranks. In 1775, acted as Washington's first secretary. Then in June of 1776, appointed commissionary or, uh, general of the Continental Army. Fighting in the Battle of Princeton, he formed a horse regiment upon Washington's request and suffered along with his fellow soldiers at Valley Forge and fought in other battles for the victory known as Yorktown. 
Another Irish-American Philadelphian was Nurse Mary Waters, a tireless worker in the Revolutionary Army hospitals, receiving praise and accolades from one of the prominent physicians of the day with whom she worked, Dr. Benjamin Rush, one of the founding fathers and a signer of the Declaration of Independence. And then there were the Carrolls. They celebrated Charles Carroll of Carrollton, who served on the Board of War during the Revolutionary War, most prominent. Out of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence, Carroll was the only Catholic, but other relatives played a strong role in the American Revolution as well. The article goes on to say his first cousins, Daniel Carroll, another delegate to the Constitutional Convention with his brother, Father John Carroll, Daniel began working for American Independence first and later Washington himself asking Daniel to develop the nation's capital. This is a great article. Uh, Again, you can find it on the National Catholic Register about Catholics and their role in the American Revolution and our history of our country. And during the Revolutionary War, Father Carroll ministering to Catholic colonists as well as the French and European Catholics who joined the cause. Among them, Kashmir Pulowski, and an ardent patriot, Father Carroll accompanied his cousins Charles and Benjamin Franklin on a trip to try to secure Canada's alliance or neutrality amid the struggle for independence. After the war was won, the Holy See created a diocese in what became the new United States. Carroll was appointed the country's first bishop and untiringly helped the church in America grow. Noted for helping all people, he even earned the respect of Protestants that in 1792 was the first consecrate the country to our Blessed Mother under the title Immaculate Conception. He said, of those things that give me most consolation at the present moment, one is that I have always been attracted to the practice of devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary and that I have established it among the people under my care and placed my diocese under her protection. No doubt, the article says, Catholics made their mark as our nation began. No less than the head of the country honored them. In March 1790, President Washington recognized their contribution in a personal letter addressed to Catholics in which he wrote, As mankind become more liberal, they will be more apt to allow that all those who conduct themselves as worthy members of the community are equally entitled to the protection of civil government. I hope to see America among the foremost nations in examples of justice and liberty. And I presume that your fellow citizens will not forget the patriotic part, patriotic part which you took in the accomplishment of their revolution and the establishment of their government or the important assistance which they received from a nation in which the Roman Catholic faith is professed. This is a beautiful article about the history of our country, part of our history, which includes Catholic history. The title of the article is July 4th, Catholic Patriots were unsung heroes in the American Revolution. And no doubt, members of the church making their mark as our nation began. Now, I heard about the Carols, but I didn't know too much about these other wonderful folks who made such a difference. So this is the kind of thing that keeps us going. We look at our history. We don't forget where we came from. Remember who we are, made in the image and likeness of God, and how important the Catholic contribution to the development not only of the United States of America and so many institutions here in our country and around the world, such as schools and hospitals and so many other efforts to work directly with the people and make a difference and make their lives better. Hold on to that. Learn more about it as we celebrate the 4th of July. It can be very, very daunting when we look at the problems we have, especially the situation with this administration. We talked about that yesterday with Father Mitch Pacwa. 
and how people who claim to be devout Catholics can use their Catholic faith, distort the Catholic faith, and claim it's their very Catholic faith that encourages them to support the killing of the innocent. And the most vulnerable, those whom they claim they're trying to support, to kill those most vulnerable in the womb. They want us to go in a corner. They want us to be isolated. They want us not to speak up. And they want us to forget our history, especially the history of the founding fathers in terms of what this country was meant for in terms of religious freedom. You know, it's interesting in this case regarding the man who took his concerns all the way to to the Supreme Court because he did not want to work on Sundays and he won that case. That so many people from other faiths are weighing in. There's a group representing Muslim Americans saying this is important for us as well because we too have been discriminated. And as the attorney representing this man who had the courage to go all the way. The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central. It's like podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. I was raised a Catholic and went to church every Sunday faithfully. I met a boy, and he was non-Catholic, so I left the church to be with him. When I was away from church, I yearned to be home. What brought me back was my longing for the Eucharist. The Eucharist fills me with a spirit that you can't find anywhere else. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's where I belong. We invite you to take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Now, Catechism Wisdom with me, Dr. Ray Garendi, and Father Larry Richards. Father Larry? Church talks a lot about charity, right? Let me read to you something that the Catechism says, section 2447. The works of mercy are charitable actions by which we come to the aid of our neighbor in his spiritual and bodily necessities. Instructing, advising, consoling, comforting are spiritual works of mercy. 
My profession says that we need to have people meet our needs. Now, this here seems to be a little, I don't want to say antagonistic, but maybe contrary to that. The way of the world says me, me, me. The way of God says you, you, you. And when we sit there and we focus on the reality, it's in giving away your life, Jesus says, you find life. That is so anti-world, isn't it? I serve to feel better? Exactly. That that's where we get everything. It's in giving away your life that you find life. That's the cross. That's the way of Christianity. That's contrary to conventional wisdom. Yeah, and that's the point. <laughs> okay. Well, enough Haven't said there. Yeah, that? I'm yeah. sorry. You know, catechism puts things on Absolutely. its head according to conventional wisdom. Absolutely. Jesus comes and changes the world and turns the world upside down and says, you want life, then you give away life. And it's in that that we find true life. It's in serving that we become more fully who we are. As God left heaven, if you will, became a man and gave his life for us. And when we do the same, just as he found eternal life in his humanity, so will we. A life of self is a wasted life. God says, I'll take care of number one. You take care of others. And when you give away and you live a life of service, that's when you're going to find life. So others are number one. You got it. I have a thing that says... Uh, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. The life of joy, huh? That's the exact opposite of what the world says. But in, when you do that, you will have a joyful life. You're listening to the best of Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. What a great opportunity to grow closer to the Lord and His church and to learn... More about Romans 8.28, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose and redemptive suffering and so many other beautiful teachings that were covered in this beautiful book, Women Made New. I was proud to be a part of it and even more proud to be a part of this online teaching series. And on the phone with me is the beautiful Kristalina Everett, fellow radio host, speaker, author. First of all, the book is awesome. So beautifully done and put together by EW10 Publishing. And this online series, I'm telling you, Kristalina, off the chart in terms of the way it was produced. So beautiful. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. You're launching it today, right? Yes. Good morning and good morning to everyone out there listening. All right. So give us the scoop because this is like breaking news as we say in the news business. This is an exclusive here on Catholic Connection. Going back to my old days as, as a TV news reporter, but this is really big news. So tell us about the Women Made New online series. Well, first and foremost, it's completely free to everyone. So kind of calling all women out there. It doesn't matter what state in life that you are in or what has happened to you. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done. All that matters now is where you go from here. And hopefully it is to the EWTN online learning series. And it's an eight-part video series with myself, Mother Angelica, you, Teresa, uh, Father Joseph Mary, Catherine Hadro, Joey Pinto, Cameron Fred, Jeanette Bankovic, and it's just women who really want to start over and really truly step into who God called them to be. And it's just an extension of the Women Made New book that we came out with. The one thing that I really think is important is the time factor. I know when we were taping my portion of it back in, in April, we were talking about the fact that these were going to be nice little nuggets where you're not sitting down and watching an hour talk or a 45-minute presentation. Not that that's a bad thing, but most people, especially if they have kids in the summertime, the activity, you might have more time, but things are, can still get a little crazy. But I love the fact that these are in like five to seven-minute segments. 
No, and it's really fast, but it, it really goes right to the heart of the matter. So if you struggle with people-pleasing or you struggle with the lies and that demonic dialogue or maybe self-worth or you've had an abortion or you struggle in your marriage right now and you, you just feel broken or your past is, is just something that you can't face and you're having a hard time but you want to, these videos can help you just walk through that. And Honestly, the Women Made New Book isn't necessary for it, even though it's pretty much all based on that. But it's better if you do have that. But ladies, if you want to start over and you're just unsatisfied with your life right now and you know God is calling you to more, this learning series can help you truly do that and just kind of blow the lies out of the water that the mm-hmm. devil is feeding you and walk you through what it is God is asking you to face, to own, to heal, and just start your life over anew. Talking with Kristalina Everett, author, speaker, and fellow EWTN talk show host. Her book, Women Made New, went into a free online learning series available today, right now. Run to the computer or your phones, EWTN.com. The online series is there. And again, it is free, beautifully produced, and very easy to sit down and watch these. And there's great lessons and resources. Let's go back to the to the original um, thought process, Kristalina. I remember when you called me well over a year ago and asked me to be a part of it, that you really prayed about this. Why a book and now a series called Women Made New? What prompted this particular style of book dealing with real issues of suffering and and the culture today? I I truly believe right now there are so many women that are suffering and have wounds and and need to heal and have such a broken past. And a lot of us just stuff our stuff, right, Teresa? We've all done Mm -hmm. that in the past and act like everything's okay. We put lipstick on it. But I feel like so many women are giving way to the world and destroying their gifts and their talents and their virtues and everything God has given them and infused in them. And um, they're kind of pushing that aside and taking what the world is giving them, and they're left unsatisfied. And I speak from my own personal experience that I was miserable, and I did everything. I just put my my faith, my everything to the side, and I dove into everything the world had to offer. Mm -hmm. And in the end, I was left miserable, broken, and hating myself. And I don't want women out there who are experiencing suffering or woundedness or um, sexual abuse or promiscuity and don't know how to come back from being so far from God. I want them to know, look, you're not alone and that Jesus loves you and it doesn't matter what has happened in your past, but that God can use you and that you have a call in your life. So obviously the book hit a nerve. What was the response when the book first came out, even before they sat down and worked with you on this series? You know, that's how the series truly did come to be is because there was such a huge response from women and they completely sold out of the book when it came out. Um, And I didn't even expect that, you know, I was praying that God would, would really touch the hearts and minds of women, but it really hit a chord with women because, like I said, there's so many women who are broken, but at the same time, um, they do feel like they're the only one. And the book's very unique in the fact that there are so many different contributors and even this learning series. There are so many different contributors coming from different walks of life. Right. Everybody in the book was so honest about different struggles that they had and their overcomers. And the study guide is very unique in the fact also that it offers brief reflections. There are scripture verses that go with it. There is an entire digital study guide 
that kind of walks you through. And I printed it out once once all of this came out, and I just started walking through it like everybody else, right, and just coming yeah. to the table, just going through it. And I pr- actually printed it out and taking it into adoration and going through the questions and really thinking and trying to listen to that small, still voice and shut the world out because everybody knows we're in a battle right now. And mm. it's, it's kind of time to just step up to the plate and put things aside and really dive in to your faith, to what is God is calling you to be. And there's a reason that each and every one of us is here during this time right now. And we have a purpose, we have a plan, and we have a mission to fulfill and not to take that for granted, but it holds weight in heaven and it holds weight here on earth, the decisions that we make right now. Amen. So, Christalina, what's the easiest way to sign up for the series? And the app's fantastic. It's very very easy to work with on your phone as well. What's the best way to go to the series and, and download everything and get the information? If they go to EWTN.com slash Women Made New, they can go there. They just sign up with their email, and then they have access to all videos, all just resources that are there, the digital study guide. And like I said, you actually don't need the book to participate, but it's better if they do have it. They could truly, really go deep. And ladies, get your friends, get your get your sister, get your mother, get a group of women together, or this is something that you can do by yourself and walk methodically and slowly, and you can do it anywhere. It's nice you can go to a coffee shop and just put your earbuds in, and you can listen to it on your phone with the app, or you could be at home with your computer nice and cozy and just walking through and watching these videos. What I think, as you said earlier, Christalina, is so important is that the stories are so different. I was I was going through it yesterday in preparation for our interview today and looking at, for example, Catherine's beautiful example, of course, the former mm-hmm. host of EWTM Pro-Life Weekly, and she talked about, you know, it's one thing because she weighed in on, on a comment that Miley Cyrus made about abortion, and she, she put out, you know, a, a response to it and very respectfully, and of course, she was attacked like crazy because she's so strongly pro-life, and she said it's one thing to be attacked by people in the culture by stranger, it's another... Strangers is another thing to be attacked by family and friends, which happened to her. And so her segment is all about, you know, who am I going to serve? Am I going to serve God or am I going to serve the culture? And who am I trying to impress? And I think a lot of us are dealing with that right now. That's something I think, even if you didn't have maybe a, maybe you've been a faithful Catholic your whole life, but in, instead of someone who's coming from a place of maybe brokenness or whatever, you're pretty good in your relationship with God. But at the same time, you're out there and you realize that you're being challenged. So Whatever level you're, you're you're at in your life in terms of your faith, I think there are stories that can apply in this book and in the series. Oh, absolutely! And even Mother Angelica's segment, which was such an honor to have her a part of this and and have her teaching on her chapter herself, um, the regret, remorse, and sorrow. She does her own whiteboard series where I really got a lot of the information from and her archives for the chapter of the Women Made New book. But because there were videos. They actually use that for her segment here. So Mother Angelica is joining us, which is such a gift to all of us, that she's actually teaching us how to deal with that regret, how to deal with remorse or sorrow in whatever stage of life. Because there are some really good Catholics out there right now, but maybe they're afraid and they don't mm-hmm. know how to be courageous during this time right now where there's this onslaught. And, and they just need that extra help and that extra encouragement that there's going to be a community of women here going through all types of different situations. But at the same time, we're all striving for that same goal and just trying to find out what it is God is calling us to be, what he's asking us to do in our lives. And just know that you're not alone in this process, but that he's going to be guiding you and other women are going to be there supporting you as well. 
Yeah, I think the key message in this is that God has a unique plan for each of us. And despite what may have or may not have happened in our lives, and if our life takes a different direction, even at first it may seem overwhelming to us, but we, we don't see the future. God sees everything, right? And we just kind of look at the present and don't realize what God has in store to stick with it, stay the course, you know, stay in the church, keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and things are going to be not just okay, but God has a great plan. More with the beautiful talented Christina Everett, her book, Women Made New, made into a beautiful free online EWTN learning series. More information coming up. It's available right now. So run to your phones and your computers. We'll be right back. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10. Live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Knowledge by acquaintance is what St. Paul's talking here. We need to increase our acquaintance of God. What can we do to increase our knowledge of God? Well, study scripture, pray fast. But here's the obvious question. Are you increasing in the knowledge of God? Or are you simply kind of staying stable you're living off past encounters. When we speak of increasing our knowledge of God, as I said, you can read all the books you want about God and you'll have lots of information, but it doesn't mean that you'll necessarily become acquainted with him. We need to know God by acquaintance. And that's what lies at the heart of all true religion. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Father Benedict Groeschel. I don't think people should have negative fears of God, but I think you should get a lump in your throat. You should feel excited. Suppose I was going to take you and introduce you to the Pope or to the president of some country or something. You might get a lump in your throat. Forget it. Every day, you, I, live and move and have our being in the presence of God. These are the class of feelings we should have and we should have them to an intense degree if we really had the sight of Almighty God. These feelings are the feelings which we shall have if we realize His presence, and in proportion as we believe that He is present, we shall have them. And not to have them is not to realize, not to believe that God is present to us. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. You're listening to the best of Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Christina Everett from EWTN Radio and TV and her beautiful book, Women Made New, published by EWTN, joins us this morning. Get the book. As Christina said, you don't need the book actually to do the online series, but I really recommend it because it's just something to have and you can go back to. And I, I'm the old school, Christina. You know, I'm much older than you, but I like that hard stuff, that hard copy, that paper. Yeah. So I also want people Tangible. to get the book. But yeah, but I want you to go back to the dream that you had. And when you called me, I'll never forget when you explained that dream. That's really, really important how you were led to do this whole project. So tell us about the dream. Uh uh, well, I was seven months, almost eight months pregnant, and when I bent down to get something, um, something just gave out in my back, and I was bedridden for the remainder of my pregnancy, and I don't think I've ever been in more pain in my entire life, even during the delivery of a baby. It was really bad, but there was nothing I could do because the baby was so far along, and we were in my pregnancy that um, I ended up 
just being better in it and just diving into my relationship with God and not just crying to God, but crying out to God. But in that time of suffering and really embracing my relationship in this cross, I did. I had a dream of just there I was standing there with rows and rows of women trees and their backs were to me of all ethnic states, sizes. And all of a sudden I saw this black shadow swooping in and out of these rows of women. And as this black shadow would pass the women, they were throwing something behind them over their head. All these things were going over their head and over me. And I turned around and as I turned around, I was in front of a dead desolate desert. And as I turned around, I said, Lord Jesus, what are those? And as I turned around, it was all these different gems just hitting this this sand. And it, and it sounded like wet sand and these rocks hitting wet sand, right? But when, the rock, when these gems would hit the sand, the sand would come up and it would swallow the gems like they were never there. And mm. I said, Lord Jesus, what are those? They were gorgeous. And I heard a voice say back to me, those are the gifts and talents in women's vocation and the virtues that I have given them, and they are throwing them away and giving way to the world. And he said, go find the gems and give them back to women. And then I woke up, and I was like, what do you mean gems? Where, where are these gems? You know, I was so unsatisfied, Teresa, because here you see this happen, but I didn't know where to look, and a couple right. of years even went by, and my ministry evolved, and then I had the idea for the book. And the beautiful thing about it is I remember talking to actually Catherine Hadro. She says, well, Crystalina, what do you want me to write um, for, for this chapter? And I said, honestly, I was telling all the women, just go to adoration. And it actually came out. I said, just see what gem Jesus wants to give you to give to the women. And as I said that, it was like this aha moment. And I remembered my dream. And I got off the phone and I had tears in my eyes and I said, oh, my goodness, I'm collecting the gems. These are the gems and all of the different beautiful stories of these women who are overcomers of, of overcome that trial and that adversity and that beat down from the world or the devil or whatever bondage they were in. They overcame that. And really each chapter of that book and each um, video in this eight-part series really does give women almost that antidote and, and just that that step-by-step guideline of how to overcome those sins, how to overcome that bondage that they may be in, and give them that encouragement to really restore and renew who they are and what God has created them to be. Yeah, how many of us believe the lies that we can't do this or that? It's just, it's so overwhelming at times. This is such a beautiful, get get me all teary-eyed again. I'm I'm supposed to be on the air here being very professional. (laughs) I'm getting all choked up because I remember you telling about the dream. But you didn't expect it really to to take on this this whole life of its own, right? I mean, because it's huge. I mean, the, the response to this has been phenomenal. It's been shocking, honestly. And God always surpasses. What oh yeah is, don't put him in a box ain't possible right? it so can't be scary. contained in a box yeah yeah you can't and it's so scary and it's overwhelming and a lot of the times it's hard it's really hard there's a lot of trials involved when you're doing whatever it is god's asking you to do but at the same time you just have to go through that fire sometimes because you never know on the other end what that yes that simple little yes and just example mother angelica every day she just said that yes no matter how hard or how difficult it was she just kept walking in faith, and God always showed up, and God wants to show up in everybody's life in a huge way right now, but you have to show up to your own fight, and these are truly tools that EWTN is giving you, Women Made New is giving you, 
um, and even Mother Angelica, Mother Angelica's helping us walk through to do that and to overcome any struggles or any fear. And it's like, ladies, just don't be afraid right now. And there's a lot of things to be afraid of, but we do not need to fear. Jesus is with us, and he is going to take care of you in everything he asks you to do and then some. Yeah, and as Scripture says, God did not give us a spirit of fear, and and sometimes that fear, and I always say, one of my friends told me years ago, fear is actually an acronym, the word, false evidence appearing as real. Oh, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. You spot on. That is so spot on right now of what is happening, but that's why we created a community for of women that they are not alone, and it's almost like this net to catch them. That, look, it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done. All that matters is where you go from here. And it's, That's right. Honestly, I don't care how deep and dark that hole is that you may have created for yourself because I was in a pretty bad shape um, a long time ago before my conversion, and I was so broken, and I never thought that God could use me to do anything like this or even want me or love me, you know, because we think that, we believe that lie. But at the end of the day, you have no idea your own importance and, and, and the mission that is on your life. And don't underestimate your value and that what God is calling you to be. And I don't care how messy or how ugly your past is, God is calling you and He loves you and He wants to restore you and He will give you the strength. And when I talk about my past truth, I feel like I'm talking about another woman, really. You yeah. know, and I'm still learning, I'm still growing, I'm still healing. But at the same time, I am not what I was anymore. And God right. wants to do that for all women. Yeah, absolutely. So so many of us uh, in that situation. I love Jeanette's story, too, because you know, sometimes people look at someone as beautiful inside and out as Jeanette and think, oh, she's never had any issues. She's never had any suffering. She's just so, you know, wonderful and perfect and, and beautiful and always so, you know, articulate and poised. And she's very honest, extremely honest in her life before she came back to the church and what it did to her. And then also, of course, her own story of suffering with the loss of her first husband and her son, just an incredible, incredible journey that she is continuing to be on. And then Catherine and and of course, Mother Angelica smack in the middle of it, Father Joseph. The, the book is just so, I think, well-rounded with people with different experiences, because we're all different, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's why I did what I did, and it was set up the way it was. Truly, I really prayed about it, and it all came from just hours and the fruitfulness of just going to adoration. And in this time of Eucharistic revival in the Church, which is huge, that Jesus is calling His people back to Him to just go see what God is is saying to you, because if I didn't spend that time with Jesus and I didn't go to adoration, I don't think this would have happened. This never would have come to be. Right. And it's really in the small, that small, still voice, the importance and our obedience, the importance of just following through with what we know and we hold true and just to do it. Even though we may be afraid and you may need some courage, you just need to listen and follow through. And God will bless that because that's truly where a lot of this just came from. And right. I wanted the different walks of life of, of all these different women in the age groups and even Father Joseph Mary, because that way it's it's like they all had ministries, really strong ministries that could help women if they had that divorce, if they had that abortion, if they were struggling in their marriage or eating disorders or body issues or sexual abuse like I experienced. Yeah. that I wanted all these different powerhouse women, because it's not about competition, Teresa. No. Not about no, it's about helping each other and embracing each other. Christina, thank you for including me. I'm very honored to be a part of not only the book, but this beautiful online series, uh, ewchan.com slash womenmadenew, or just ewchan.com and just go to the online series division. Sign up for it free. Please do yourself a favor, get the book, and sign on for this series. We'll be right back.
60 on 10 with Monsignor Charles Pope. The Ninth Commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. We already discussed in the Sixth Commandment the problems of sexual sins themselves, but what the Lord is teaching here is rooted in the word covet. To covet means to inordinately or inappropriately desire something or someone. And in this case, the Lord is saying to us that we are in no way to covet, to look with lust at another person, particularly our neighbor's wife, but others in general, and that therefore all pornography and things like that have to go, all entertaining of lustful thoughts has to go. And God can help us by His grace to do that. And therefore, in this commandment, He summons us to take authority over our thought life and our sexual passions. The Ninth Commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. For more about the Ten Commandments, visit EWTNRC.com. Are mobile phones dangerous? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Our phones have become an extension of our physical bodies, and they emit radiation. Where you routinely place, hold, or store your phone on your body is critical. Energy emitted from radio frequency exposure can be absorbed by the body and potentially harmful. Apple recommends customers using its latest iPhones try the hands-free options like built-in speaker phones and headphones to reduce exposure. Android-type phones top the list of phones giving off the most radiation. Keep all brands of phones away from your ear and head when possible. Men should store a phone in a pant pocket. Women should keep their phone in a purse, pant pocket, but not in their bra. I didn't know this was a thing. Practice social distancing from phones. Like fasting from food, maybe it's time for a digital detox. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. You're listening to the best of Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. having a beautiful Tuesday morning. You are listening to Catholic Connection. It's a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. Check us out online, EWTN.com and AveMariaRadio.net. We're all about the resources, including great books. On the phone with us is Dr. Jared Stout, author of How the Eucharist Can Save Salvation. That is a lofty title, Doctor. Good morning. How did you come up with it? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, you know, my, my focus in many ways is on Catholic culture, how we can live out the faith. Um, and what we're really missing in our civilization is the very center. You know, what are we really about? Who are we? Um, and I think we really need the Eucharist to help us to figure that out, that God himself who made us has come into the world. He's made himself available to us in the Eucharist, and he wants to transform us from within. And when he does that, he begins to shape our lives, our relationships, our work. And think how many Catholics there are throughout the world. I mean, that really accumulates and there are enough of us that we can save civilization. Well, it's it's really, and I totally think the title is so appropriate because I've, I've heard so many uh, of our wonderful leaders, including one of my favorite teachers, Archbishop Chaput, who always said, if we would just live our Catholic faith, imagine the impact we could have, right? Absolutely. Even in the United States, we're about 25% of the population. I mean, that's enough to really make a pretty big impact there. But we don't have to think, you know, immediately of just changing everything from the top down. I think a Eucharistic restoration, of course, we're in a revival right now, is really something that begins with us. It is not individual. I think that's part of the problem with our civilization is that it is too individualistic. But it does begin with us. 
each communion that we have with our Lord should make us into a tabernacle of his presence. And so it begins within us and then in our families and our parishes, and it just builds out from there. So why now another book on the Eucharist? Does it have to do with the revival that's going on in the church? Well, I was working on this book prior, but I think it is a very blessed uh, and providential coincidence that it is coming out in the midst of the revival. Uh, but I would say that you know, there are so many books on the Eucharist, and they focus on the theology and on the spirituality, which, of course, is essential. But what I'm really trying to do is to connect those elements to our life, that the Eucharist is not simply something to be believed, but it's something to be lived. And we know that Eucharistic belief has worn thin. And so we, we had that Pew survey, you know, so many of us are talking right. about it, that mm-hmm. only one-third of Catholics believe that the Eucharist is truly the body and blood of Christ. And so I think the answer is not simply just repeating the truth a lot, to say, hey, everybody, well, you know, we actually do believe that this is true. We have to see it. We have to experience it. We have to live it, I think, for it really to sink into our lives and to begin shaping our faith again. We're talking with Dr. Jared Stout. He serves as Director of Content for Exodus 90 and as an instructor for the St. John Vianney Seminary Lay Division, author of a number of books, including the one we're discussing this morning, How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization. It's, it's really important for us to understand, without just making it about me and Jesus, that it does start in terms of our own accepting of the church teaching and when we go to receive communion i'm actually going to be talking about this in my presentations this weekend where there's a speaking of revival a big eucharistic conference in the diocese of venice when we say amen how many catholics doctor do you think understand to what or to whom they're saying yes because when we say that yes that amen we're supposed to be the church teaches that we're saying yes that we agree with not only the eucharist being body blood soul divinity but we're saying amen to everything that the church teaches yeah and it's really the the core of the catholic faith you know we call it the source and summit of the christian life everything flows from it everything goes back to it and if you were to think what is really distinctive about the catholic church versus all the other denominations it's the eucharist and yet, you know, we as Catholics in the United States, we live in a predominantly Protestant culture. And I think that the way that we kind of act in Mass, you know, it's become very informal. And, you know, people just kind of walk up and receive communion, I think kind of lightly. You know, when you think about what the reality really is, this is God coming to us under the appearance of bread and wine. And we just kind of waltz up and, you know, kind of, oh, yeah, okay, next, you know. And it's like, no, I mean, do you really know what's happening here? I, I think we need to manifest that awesome presence and that mystery more in how we act. And so I, I completely agree with you, right? I mean, we need to have faith in Jesus' presence in the Eucharist in order to receive the Eucharist. But I think that because we're sacramental beings, we're body-soul unity, the church is the continuing presence of Christ in the world. We're, we're a sacramental people. We really need to see the reality of the Eucharist in which we believe manifested just much more clearly within the community of the church. 
So what is it, do you think, and I always ask experts such as yourself, what led to such a lack of belief in the Eucharist? I mean, when I went to Catholic grade school, I know it was in the 70s, but I had really good uh, teachers who taught us, and I had a connection with the Eucharist, but the world moved in, and then I drifted away. I didn't, like, look at the church and say, I'm leaving. It was just a gradual thing. What do you think, in addition to maybe that scenario, also caused so many Catholics to just drift and not realize what they have in the faith, namely with the Eucharist? Well, there was a long process of change, and, and you think of, you know, back in the 1950s and prior, you know, that we had really strong kind of memorization of doctrine, there was a lot of reverence in church, and people, you know, said, okay, we want to try something different, right? And so catechesis became very experiential, sometimes non-existent, you know, we kind of joke about, you know, the coloring on, on the page, and, that, and that's your catechesis. Uh, obviously, the mass changed a lot and became more, also more kind of experiential, more you know focused on us versus the transcendent mystery. There was a lot of craziness going on with the liturgy and the mass, and a lot of that has calmed down, thanks be to God. And a lot of our catechesis has gotten back on track. And so, what's missing? Well, I really do think it is a culture surrounding the mass. Christian culture, that's a Christian way of life, is really allowing the Mass to shape how we live. And I think, unfortunately, coming out of the kind of crisis of catechesis and liturgy, there's just been a weakening of the bonds of relationship and and life uh, for Catholics. And so even those who go to Mass, we say, okay, you know, go to Mass, it's one hour a week. Well, what about the rest of the week? Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, parishes used to really be centers of Christian life. It was the, the whole center of how Catholics lived. And, you know, a lot of times the church would be in the neighborhood, and you just knew everybody. So I think part of building a Eucharistic way of life is making the parish more of a, of a center um, of our relationships and how we live. So what will we see in the book? Kind of walk us through what you cover, because you're very obviously uh, very learned in terms of how this needs to be so pervasive throughout our life, but what will we learn in the book, Doctor? So there's three major sections, the source, the summit, and the Christian life. So the source goes through the sources of the Eucharist in nature, the people of Israel, the Incarnation, and then the whole history of the Church kind of looks at the saints as as how we should live a a Eucharistic life. The, The central section, the summit, looks at how we can really access the great graces of the Eucharist how to prepare ourselves for the Mass, how to make a good communion, the relationship of confession to communion. So that, that's really that summit section. And then the Christian life, the final section, is then living a Eucharistic life, shaping our time through prayer every day, every week, throughout the year, um, really creating Eucharistic spaces, not only in our churches, but through processions and pilgrimages, um, really seeing God in the world and in the poor and also through our own bodies as a Eucharistic gift, so how that shapes our family life and our work. And then the the final section then is kind of pulling that all together, the the last chapter, um, building a Eucharistic civilization. So just the accumulation of all of those elements coming together. And, you know, it'd be naive to think like, tomorrow we're going to have a Eucharistic civilization, but it's Basically, how can we lay the foundation for renewing culture uh, centered around our faith? 
We're talking with Ph.D. Dr. Jared Stout, and the book is How the Eucharist Can Save a Civilization. Our Jared Stout is the author, and a beautiful cover with the outdoor Eucharistic procession. I just love it. Absolutely gorgeous. Tan Books is a publisher, tanbooks.com. I also think we need to get back to having, uh, and, and I'm not saying it's all about the frills and, and the bells, you know, and whatnot, but I think to get back to a more uh, celebratory type of a mass where we understand whom we're approaching in the altar and what's happening. And I just came back from a beautiful conference in the Diocese of Fresno where I spoke at another Eucharistic event, by the way, held at a brand new church, St. Charles Borromeo. Absolutely breathtaking. When you're looking at the tabernacle and above the tabernacle is the scene of the saints worshiping Jesus in the Eucharist, but he's also on the cross and God the Father is behind him. I mean, it's just literally heavenly. And I was so upset. There was a, you know, you usually get upset about comments on Facebook because if you do what, what we do for a living, you have to let a lot roll off your back. But the woman was saying, oh, we don't need all of this. We don't need all this, this imagery it takes away. I'm like, no, it doesn't. That's the whole purpose of it. I mean, if that's the case, then let's just don't pay attention to St. Peter's or St. Mary Major or Santa Maria in Trastevere. Seeing these images remind us of God. Yeah, we're not angels. Right? We are bodily beings, body-soul unities. Uh, and so our spiritual life needs these outward signs. And I think that is part of the problem of the last 50, 60 years, is that we actually got rid of a lot of the outward signs and the gestures, the actions, the practices, and then that wore down our faith. Um, and so there's actually a, a sociologist, Stephen Bullivant, who talked about creds, credibility-enhancing displays. That is, people are actually going out on the line and showing that they really believe this stuff, that it really is meaningful, that it's worth sacrificing for. And so even building a beautiful church is a sign that, hey, we really believe that Jesus is right. here. You know, getting up in the middle of the night and going to adoration, yeah, that's a sign that you really believe that Jesus is there. And those are the kinds of things that we're lacking. So beauty absolutely is a sign pointing us to Jesus' presence in the Eucharist. Yeah, I just, I could not understand that, that perception. I mean, in this scene in this church, Doctor, was was really looking at Hebrews and the great cloud of witnesses. You had St. Teresa of Avila, St. Therese, St. Charles Borromeo, St. Francis, St. Padre Pio, St. Joan of Arc, and they're all looking and worshiping God, which is exactly, God willing, what we'll be doing. Yeah, it's an invitation to say, you see what's happening here? This is the reality of the Mass. Right. It, it right. is this great cloud of witnesses coming together, all the angels and the saints worshiping the Lamb. And you are invited into that. But when you go into a, a, you know, a building that's very horizontal, ugly, it is harder to get into the spirituality of the Mass. Does the Mass depend upon that? Well, no, not necessarily, but we do. The Mass doesn't. We do, because it helps us. It points us in the right direction, and it is a sign of what is happening there. Yeah, and, and I think that's why we were just talking with Bishop Hying of Madison about pilgrimage. He, he's in a film about the uh, the Camino and talking about the beauty of the churches along the Camino and where you end up and what you see and going into Zaragoza for a Lady of Pilar. And, and th- this beauty is, is truth. You know, truth is beauty. Beauty is truth. We see this in, in, in God manifesting himself in so many ways. Well, thank you for doing this book. Uh, easiest way to get the book? Well, tanbooks.com and anywhere else where you usually find your books will work also. All right. Well, listen, great to, to talk with you. Thank you for this. And again, the cover of it is absolutely beautiful. Seeing and speaking of beauty, an outdoor Eucharistic procession that looks like something from uh, the uh, early 20th or the late 19th century, but it's absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization by R. Jared Stout, Ph.D., tanbooks.com. Stay tuned. 
People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. As Catholic parents, we know that parenting can be hard, frustrating, and lonely. But it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting faithful parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day. Get expert help with discipline issues. Self-care. Creating a stronger marriage. Living your faith at home. Or just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to the personalized expert support you'll get as a premium member of CatholicHOM.com, you'll get access to tons of creative resources. Check out entertaining videos that teach your kids to get along with each other and love the Lord. Downloadable activities. Monthly live parenting Q&As. A supportive community of faithful parents. And tons of other benefits like our exclusive Catholic Home Podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home Community. Remember, that's CatholicHOM.com. We can't Can't wait wait to to see see you there. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Catholic Connection. And just remember, if you're a new listener or not, if you've been on board with us for a while, you may not know that we are co-produced, actually, by Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. And you can find us both online, all kinds of great resources, at EWTN.com and AveMariaRadio.net. Now, I give you those websites quite often because I want to remind you, if you heard something on the show today, yesterday, last week, you can go to those websites and you can go to the archive sections or you can look them up and we have records of them for you. And if you heard, let's say, maybe about a book or a document, you can certainly go to EW10 in their religious catalog to order an item, or you can look up any type of encyclical or papal document or information about any of our shows there as well. So these are great resources in addition to great Catholic radio every day. We'll see you next time on Catholic Connection. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.